Check, check. Hello, hello. I gotta sit up straight. I got a new chair, which is exciting, but also bad because it gives me the ability to lean back and swivel. So I can just like lean out of focus, <laughs> swivel. Yeah, that seems, that seems like a bad idea if you don't have automatic focus. Yeah, especially if, I, if I'm drinking, which, <laughs> spoiler alert, daddy's drinking. <laughs> when isn't daddy drinking? I think daddy has a problem. We watched The Matrix, uh, Resurrections. It's The Matrix 4. <sighs> Keith, uh, Keith and I have a, have a, a sordid history with The Matrix mm, because it's the lost episode. Uh, we, we recorded <laughs> an entire episode about the original Matrix uh, a little, I don't know, six weeks, eight weeks ago, two, three months, I don't know, in anticipation of this new film. It's true. Keith discovered after the fact that his camera had shut off. I got, a, I got a new setup. I'm using a new camera. What? Yeah, I bought a new camera. You'll see it. You'll see it. You'll be jealous. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah. So they, the episode is, is non-existent. I still have my footage. Keith, do you have any of that footage? I do. I do have some of it. What we consider reality, not real. Yeah. Not real. Get ready, you losers. <laughs> Nothing mm. works for me. God hates me. No. And I think that's <laughs> the moral of the story. Yes. This is a God issue for sure. <laughs> Speaking of Segway Kings, is there a God and is he a robot? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Our robots are gods. Keith, tell me, tell me briefly. Yes. Emphasis on briefly. What, uh, what your, what, what's your past with the Matrix? Act, act as if we had never recorded an entire episode. An entire about episode about my history with the Matrix. <laughs> I don't remember. I, I'm blacked. I was blacked out that time, anyways. I don't. I, don't I feel like you've been it. holding on to this for quite some time. I, like, <laughs> I'm furious. It was a this, great episode. You're really pissed. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Everett <laughs> fucked up two of our episodes. Remember Anchorman and and Filler on the Roof? Just, was it not? I mean, just the we one. Go tit for tat. Just the one. Just the one. I thought we had to re-record two. No, it was Anchorman. That was the only one. That was on purpose. Fiddler on the Roof, goddamn classic. <laughs> it is, I mean, it's one of our more popular videos, which blows my mind, but people like it. People seem to like it. Keep coming back for more. Yeah. What, what were we talking about, The Matrix? <laughs> to life, to life, l'chaim. L'chaim, l'chaim, to life. <laughs> Give you something to think about, something to drink about. <laughs> Let's talk about Fiddler on the Roof. That movie fucking rules. <laughs> I'd love to talk about anything but Matrix 4. Oh, Keith. Okay. Let's, let's so start. Let's start. So, Matrix. Tell me about The Matrix. Real quick, 1999, it comes out. I did watch it in 1999. It was uh, revelatory, I think. I, I think The Matrix, the original Matrix, is a great film and uh, trailblazing. It is, it is something that inspired action movies. I would say action movies rather than like sci-fi movies, uh, exponentially. It, you, could, you, couldn't put a, you couldn't put a price on it, what this film has, what that first film did for filmmaking and, and the action genre moving forward for the past 20 years. So, it, and it was mind-blowing to a young, a young Keith as well, as to most of the world, I think, as well. Similar, yeah. similar you thoughts? Liked it? You liked it, though, when you saw it? Oh, yeah, I loved it. 
I loved it. And I don't even think I fully understood it at that time, but I loved the idea of it. I, I loved trying to figure it out. I loved like, oh my God, that, and I want to say like the Truman Show were two movies that when you like left the theater, you like started to look at the world a little differently as you left the theater. And I think that's just an awesome feeling uh, to have mm. when you leave the theater or after you watch it on, on your laser disc at home. Uh, yeah, well, Fight Club also, which I know you didn't see it till a little later, but yeah, that that yeah. the late '90s, I think in uh, in preparation for Y2K. Almost everyone is preparing for the worst potential Y2K computer crashes. Top the list. All that stuff was very relevant about like what's real, what's not. Yeah. Uh, the world being so commercialized and, and blah blah blah. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I loved the Matrix. The first Matrix was. Uh, Everything you said. I really do think it's like, it's one of the better films of the last 25 years. Like, I, like, I think if, if you made... The original. The original, yeah. If you had to make a list of, give me the best, I don't know, 20 films of the last 25 years or 25 for 25, it's on there. I, I, I think it's everything you said, super influential. I think to, to really almost all genres, I think just to filmmaking. Uh, yeah. it, 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 you can't overstate how good that movie was. It, it's somehow super timely in 99, like super of its time, but like has aged beautifully and is still really just as good. Yeah. Like there, there's there's not a lot, if you go back and, and rewatch it now, there's there's really nothing that you're like, oh, wow, that's cheesy or looks bad or, you know, like the effects are all great. They were revolutionary at the time. Like, right. it's great. Two sequels, not as good, uh, Reloaded and Revolutions. I believe I saw each once, and I was really disappointed. Um, I loved the first Matrix so much because it was everything I wanted when I was 15 years old. I had great alternative rock music and, uh, <laughs> and kung fu, and you know, and, and like, is this real? Is this not? What is real? How do you define real? So I, I think I spent the night waiting to see Matrix Reloaded, the second one, like outside the theater. Uh, I, I was like, that was my camp out night. Like I've, I've waited really early for Star Wars movies and X-Men movies and a lot of nerdy shit when I was younger. But The Matrix, I thought was like, this is like a grown-up of that. You know, it's, it's not X-Men, it's not Star, Star Wars. This is like grown-up shit that yeah, I was real nerd stuff. about. And I fucking, I just hated those second movies. So I was really bummed. But I was super excited with a little apprehension, but super excited for The Matrix Resurrections. I was too. I, I, I was too. It was all there, I thought. I thought it was all there. I did watch the trailer, and I, I really do try and stay away from it, but sometimes I, I can't help myself because I want to get a taste to kind of see what direction the film is going in. And the trailer, I thought, was, was good. It led me uh, down, down a path that I thought, oh, I like what they're trying to do with the setup to the film and justifying you know, the past films and that being like, oh, it's a video game, it was a movie, I wasn't 100% sure. Again, from the trailer's perspective, the only thing that threw me—I got nervous—was was recasting Morpheus, and then eventually Agent Smith as well. But that that recasting Morpheus makes me made me nervous, a, a tad bit apprehensive going in. Yeah, yeah. So so there was, I think, two two trailers, two like main trailers, um, and the first one I think is brilliant, and I think it's one of the 
best trailers I've seen in, in recent memory with the uh, the White Rabbit song. I think that's, was that, Jefferson Airplane maybe? Just a great, it's, it's the perfect song for that trailer. It's like literally imagery in the song, uh, lyrics taken from Alice in Wonderland, which is obviously a huge Im uh, influence on the story of the Matrix and, and the imagery and stuff. Um, I think that first trailer is phenomenal. I watched it a hundred times. Like, like I tell you, I love trailers. I really do. And I, I would get the chills. I got the chills and wanted almost to tear up on the hundredth time the same way I did on, on number one. Like I really thought like, wow, this, they're setting me up now. I was, I was interested and now you're, you're, you're making something really beautiful here with this first trailer. You had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. The second trailer I was, made me nervous. And that's the one that reveals a lot more, which second trailers usually do. Yeah. So I would tell you and anyone else who's like sort of nervous about trailers, first trailer's always pretty good and they're usually, for these big, large movies like this, they're usually a little safer about what they reveal. But then the second trailer gives a lot more away yeah. and usually is, is not as, as good. And this one I thought was really bad and it revealed Jonathan Groff, uh, the actor who plays sort of like the new Agent Smith, like to be the new Agent Smith. Like in the trailer, and I was like, "Oh, that's this is yeah. like abort, abort." Like, I don't want to <laughs> know about this. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I was a little that brought my expectations a little back down to reality, I think. But I was still really excited to watch it, and then I watched it. <laughs> and then I watched. Well, I mean, let's 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 not. We've we've. I got fourteen let's minutes. Cut to shit. We, let's we cut to shit. Fourteen minutes. We haven't talked a thing about this actual movie. Uh, I feel like just based off this conversation, because we haven't talked about it, we have not talked no. about it, so I don't know no. where you stand. You have, you have a little idea where I stand, because I wrote yeah. a, little, a little post on it. Uh, I feel like you liked it, and, and I feel like I hate you more than I did at the, the beginning of this phone call, so am I right? I would say that there, I, have, I, have a very strong, I have a very strong opinion about this film, but it comes with a caveat. My strong opinion about this film is I thought it might be the worst movie of the year. Oh, great. Now we're on the same page. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, think it's, I, I think it's so bad. I think it's so bad. Thank uh, God. And Thank for a God. minute I was like, is this, is this worse than Space Jam? And I was like, no, no, no. Let's not be crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, hey, don't spoil our next episode. But, but yeah, yeah no, it, was, it was definitely, uh, it, I had those same thoughts. I had those same fucking thoughts. Yeah, I started immediately comparing it, and I'll and I'll get into it. I'll just let me say my caveat first, and we can talk about that maybe later too. So, so my one caveat to this being like maybe the worst movie of the year is I since watching it and being so like befuddled about like what this movie was and and just being like God, that was really awful. Like why? How? How was was I? I've read quite a bit about it since then, and I've I've listened to a podcast or two, you know, and. Uh, and there almost seems to be like, because the film is so self-aware, like so self-aware, that there, there, there seems to be a, a certain, like a, a, a varying degrees of, of, of belief or suspicion that the film was almost created intentionally to be bad. Stop them. Like almost as if Who Lana says Wachowski uh, is like trolling the audience. And so uh, that's my caveat. If that is the case, it's awesome. <laughs> like, it's really awesome if Lana Wachowski was just like, uh, fuck you, you're not gonna make the fourth 
series, uh, film in, in my series and, and just take it from me without me and, uh, you know, do a big cash grab of my creation. So I'm intentionally going to make a movie that subverts every aspect of what the Matrix is to kind of take back ownership of the story from all these uh, weird factions that have uh, applied the Matrix philosophies and, and visuals and imagery to their own uh, sorted uh, you know, causes and beliefs, but I'm also gonna subvert it by making everything bad. The action that was once great is now fucking terrible. The the storylines that were once thoughtful are now fucking awful. Like, we're not gonna give you hardly any of the original cast. Uh, we're gonna just recast those people. And we're just gonna make a big, awful, shitty joke about it. If that's the case, job well done. <laughs> because that's that's what the film felt like. But do you, so, do you, do you, um, um, do you believe that? Like, do people believe no. that? You have your no, I, the finger on the pulse of the community. I think there's like degrees where I think that there's like, a lot of the people I've heard and read are sort of like, eh, like she, she, some of this was intentional, um, maybe. So it's it's a mystery. And then I, I've seen little interview clips with, uh, with the director where she says, uh, where she just seems really kind of indifferent to it, where she's like, eh, eh. Like what? What? What was? What made now the time to make a Matrix movie? Eh. So like maybe I don't think I believe it, but that's my thing. Uh, if this movie was made as an earnest attempt to make a good film, it's one of the worst films of the year. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's where we can discuss because that's all I that's all we can do as as viewers is as take it at face value. Take it at face. Yeah. I, I think I, I think this is a, what you're saying is just. Fans trying to find genius from something that they love, that set a precedent for genius. You know? I don't know because I think fans hate it. I think fans hate it. But I, but I think those who believe that, who go, oh, I think that they were were so deep into this that they made a shitty movie on purpose to to uh, you know push back on society and the Big Brother, not Big Brother, or Big Warner Brothers. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You know, like to 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 be some sort of rebellious thing, much like the original sort of set itself out to be. I, yeah. I, I just I think you're grasping at straws to reclaim something that you that you loved and thought was great. Like, there's too much money involved. There's too much at risk to be dicking around. Warner Brothers isn't isn't fucking around. They're trying to make money. They're trying to make movies that make money, and this is one of their yeah. IPs that do that. So of course. Like everyone's trying. But to play devil's advocate, okay, now I'm just going to argue as if this is the case. Okay. But to play devil's advocate, if you're Warner Brothers, who, you know, respectfully, we've been trashing all year for making ba bad movie after bad movie after bad movie after bad movie, I might posit that they, the general Warner Brothers they, is, is not great at judging what's good or not, and maybe by, in terms of just checking the checklist, oh, we have uh, Lana Wachowski back, she's directing. We've got Keanu Reeves, we've got Carrie Ann Moss, we've got the Matrix IP, we've got, oh, it's gonna be great, big action scenes. Like, you, you, don't, you might not know the movie's intentionally being made so horribly. Who, so who is intentionally doing it? La, it's Lana Wachowski. Lana. Lana, yes. right? So, so is Lana the one being like, no, I'm doing this, and then Warner Brothers is so dumb, is so dumb that they don't recognize that that's what they did? Is that what the, we're saying? Yeah, that, that would be the case. I mean, maybe Warner Which I don't Brothers think... is that dumb. May, guys? <laughs> well, I mean, have you seen Mortal Kombat? Have you seen Godzilla vs. Kong? I've seen every like, movie they put out this year. Have you year. seen fucking Space Jam? <laughs> like... <laughs> 
Arachnica throws down a monster dunk and she dunks again and again and again. Eat that, eat that, eat that, eat that. And again and again and again. They made Space Jam. They, they thought Space Jam was good enough to release. I know, but it's also like a kid's movie. Like, it's, also, it's also a kid's movie. It's also at a different bar than this movie. It's a different playing field. No, I know, but this movie, like I said, checks all the boxes to seem as though it's like an honest attempt at a Matrix film. Yeah, I, I think it was. I think it, I think it was. I think, in my opinion, that, these, that they went out and thought that this was the most clever thing that they could come up with. You know, oh, we'll make the first three movies just a video game, because video games are popular, and, and that's going to blow people's mind. And now we're just... They they tried they tried to like Inception going three levels deep inside a dream to get okay, this. Okay, wait, wait. So answer me something. Answer me because I honestly don't know this because this, that's my first complaint of the film is I have no fucking idea what was happening. Oh the yeah, whole it doesn't time. make sense. So <laughs> was is the film does the is the film saying that the first three movies were literally video games or or is it saying that those things that those things happened and now they've t they've resurrected Neo from all that shit and they've programmed into his head that all of that was these video games that he created. Because that's what I thought. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good distinction to make. There was so much that was confusing and, and didn't make sense. Your version is better than what I thought it was. So I may be wrong, hmm. but I, be, I believed that those things were video games. I don't know, no, because because I, I don't think it could have been like there was literally a video game because they, they they say like this has been 60 years and then he goes and sees fucking Jada Pinkett Smith from the pre, you know, like she was, she wasn't a video game character. She was a real person in that world like that he interacted with before. So I think, I, I think it, I don't, I think it was real. Like I think it's saying the first movies were real and then they brought him back to life because he's such a powerful energy source and then they programmed into his head that they were video games and that's how he deals with that yeah i guess sense that's, of what's that's, that's a lot better than what i thought had happened that's a lot better <laughs> still bad still not still great. bad <laughs> so why would they, no. they like this whole episode is just gonna be me asking you questions like why did this happen? no no I, and i don't know so you're <laughs> <laughs> but why would they i never understood why they resurrected him if that was the case and and he was dead why would they bring him back why would the machines bring him back? I didn't completely back? understand. And here's the thing is like, even if I understood in the moment, like I just didn't care. So it just goes in one ear and out the other. Like this is how I feel in sometimes movies like this, where it's like, it's like if I'm watching it, I'm like, oh my God, this fucking sucks. Like I just, I just stop really, like I don't retain anything. <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm not going to, I feel like I'm not going to have a lot of answers, but I feel like they resurrected him for whatever reason, but part of it was because he's so powerful and that if he and Trinity are in close proximity to each other, their power is amazing. So they can be super batteries and, but they just can't touch or else it shorts everything out. So they just resurrect them to. To use their energy for more. To be know, powerful. As bigger batteries. Yeah, to make money, which is more meta. Meta bullshit is yeah. like, oh, well, we killed those people, but now we're bringing them back because they're great characters. Yeah. And they're going to give us money. You know what the worst part of the movie was, in, in my opinion, is it felt like there were no stakes 
to the film because the goal of the film, as, and I could be misinterpreting it, so feel free to let me know in the comments if, if I'm not getting it right. But it, when you boiled it down, it was this overcomplexed uh, diatribe. Uh, and when in reality, it was just we have to save Trinity. Like that was, that was yeah. the, the film was like Neo has to save Trinity. It's a, it's a, it's a tropey damsel in distress thing. No matter how you dress that up, that's all it was. But there's no stakes to it because what happens if Neo doesn't save her? She goes on being a married woman with two kids and taking her kids to soccer practice. Like there's like, and no one knows the difference. Like there's nothing at stake. There's just nothing at stake other than getting Trinity out of it. And she doesn't even know she's in it. Yeah. So, so like there's literally no like if they fail, what happens? What's the problem? What why do I feel nervous? Why am I like, oh no, I hope they love? Is it just the fact that I want them to be in love? Like it just I, I was so upset with like why do I give a shit? Like why do I care? Like nothing why do I care? <laughs> why do I care? Yeah, I think that element and like the other thing you mentioned, like the very simplistic nature of, of the core story is one of the core complaints of a lot of fans who, who expect like this really in-depth, like thought out, like evolution of the universe of the sci-fi masterpiece from, you know, from 20 something years ago. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, we just got to get her out again. Um, so I think people were bummed by that. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think the, the, the worst things for me were confusing, boring, uh, the action was like, I mean, much has been made of this, but like the action is bad. Like it's, that, that, that's the only, the, the action scenes are what makes me almost think for a minute that maybe it's just a troll. Because the action scenes are so bad and so different from the, the even the, all of the first trilogy, which even those second two movies, which I didn't like, still had some pretty amazing action set pieces. I just went back the other day and rewatched uh, the freeway chase scene from Matrix Reloaded, which is regarded as one of the better action sequences of any of the films. It's just like mind blowing. And almost all the effects are fucking phenomenal even by today's standards. And it's like, they're really pushing the envelope of what can be done. Um, and even if you can't in this new film, introduce some new revolutionary technology, cause that's easier said than done. I, I completely understand that. Like you still have to have, like if you're making, if you're, if you're making an honest attempt to make a great Matrix film, there has to be like excellent action. Excellent action is like the calling card of these films. Fight choreography, effects, all of it. And, and none of that is here. And it's not just that it's not great, and it's not just that it's not good, and it's not just that it's not average. It is almost intentionally awful, where I thought there were cuts mid-fight scene where I was like, is this the first time this person has shot or edited a film? And I'm sorry, I know that's really mean, but like, it, it was weird where it would like put stuff into slow motion, like like as if the camera or the director thinks that this is something else, and it's just awful. It just doesn't. It's just bad. Yeah, yeah. The 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 action and and the deeper level of thinking, the thought provoking nature of these films are the two calling cards of this film, and they were the the worst parts of the film. It's it's like ironic. So maybe, as I say it out loud, maybe maybe it is a troll, but... It starts to become the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. But, uh, uh, like, even other Wachowski films, 
that might not be great. I haven't seen all of them, but the, the, they're not incompetent. But like they're this not, one they're almost, not good. I'm glad you brought it up. The, is there a chance, is there a chance, because <laughs> no, no other film has, has reached the heights of The Matrix. I mean, obviously, it's, that's tough to do. But nothing is even sniffed. Like, you don't talk about another of one of their films. Like, it's, you know, Atlas, Cloud Atlas. Like, no one's talking about... Like, they haven't done much. Is there just a chance that they got lucky and they can't figure it out? Like, they just got lucky and they can't figure it out from there? Which yeah, I would take. I think for, sh for sure. No, no, no. There's, there's a fair chance. I mean, I haven't seen their first film, which was called Bound, I think, which uh, is pretty highly regarded, I believe. And I think in hindsight, The Matrix Reloaded is thought of as being better than people did at the time. And then what else? There's Speed Racer and Cloud Atlas and uh, Jupiter Ascending, which is sort of comically panned. My mother. And a couple of others. Not, yeah, I mean, not much. No, no, no. I mean, but the other thing, yeah, you make The Matrix, which is, you know, make a case for it being in the top 10 of the last 25 years. Like there's, so the bar is high, but yes. But you're I not think close. It's, it's, it's fair to question whether it was sort of a, a flash in the pan. Yeah, yeah. Especially if this film, again, <laughs> is, is an honest attempt. Um, I, like, yeah, I, I could keep going, but I honestly don't have, like, I don't really have anything redeeming to say about it. There, there, was, there was a moment where I was interested in, uh, like, the general theme of, some character says something about, like, referencing back in the first the time of the first matrix in the you know in the late 90s or whatever that like people were ready to fight back people wanted to break out but now they want to stay like they want to they consciously don't want to leave it they've given up and they're happy to have given up and for a split second i thought oh wow this is going to get interesting this is like a real interesting theme that parallels life today yeah where it's like yeah i mean because i do remember the energy in the mid 90s as the internet was starting to become more of a thing and into the late 90s with the matrix that was like kind of fuck the internet like like i don't fucking trust the internet yeah. i don't put your name on there don't put your credit card on there don't ever do this don't do that yeah. don't do this don't do that i definitely like, it's remember not that. to be trusted yeah and now it is the source of everything in the world and i thought Wow, if they start to get into that, that might be kind of interesting. But they didn't. They yeah. didn't get into that. I, I think there are fans, because there are huge, avid fans of this franchise. I think you pick any one of those fans, and they come up with a better story than, than this. Oh, for sure. Like, that, that in itself is, is an exciting concept. Freeing people who don't want to be freed. Yeah. Because you think it's the right thing to do. It's an interesting concept. Yeah, yeah, they show up on the ship in the real world and they're like pissed. Yeah, like what do you do? And you deal with that human drama of like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Like I don't wanna, like you know, yeah. they've got a bunch of Joe Pantaleanos from the first one. Yeah. A bunch of guys like, I'm trying to eat that steak, yeah, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. It's, it's far more interesting than, oh, save Trinity. Why can Trinity fly at the end? Because because it's it's the sort of the, the point of the film, I think. It's, it's like that, She's she's also been powerful this whole time. She's also like the she, one. She's the one too. Yeah, she's also the one. She's the one too. <laughs> They're the one plus one. <laughs> it's it's all about. But that to me is 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 you you can't really talk about this film, which is the next point I was going to get into about without talking about the self awareness uh, of the film itself and of the director. 
Um, and I think that Trinity flying at the end is a part of that story too, which is just like uh, the, what I referenced earlier, like the uh, Lana Wachowski taking back and and inverting, subverting what people are expecting from these films, and being like, you know what? Well, now I'm gonna make I'm gonna make the the woman at the end be also be ultra powerful, and she's the one that ends up saving the day. And because kind of fuck you, fuck you guys for what you expected. I'm, I'm doing what I want. I, but if you were gonna do that, and, and I thought this, I, I, like I I know the point is they were like women. Don't worry, she's got help. I, I I get it, but if you're gonna do that, I was disappointed that they didn't give Trinity anything to do. She was barely in the movie. Like if you want to like have her be the new one then make the story about her. Make her drive the story. Make, make her show me, not just give me one moment where like oh, all of a sudden she can just fly and you're like, see, we did it. No, make her the, the engine to the film. Base it around yeah. her, show her journey. You reset the whole franchise, so you have the opportunity to do it. Like that would have been super cool too. Much, That's another better idea. Yeah. Like make Carrie Ann Moss the star of the film. And, and and Neo Keanu is just somebody she sees some places and yeah, she's confused about what's going on. He's a side character. Like talk about you're, now you're flipping everything. Like yeah, that'd be so much better. And and it's more. And if that's your if your goal is to send that message about women, then that's a much more powerful message because yeah. the end of the day, it works, a man is still saving a woman. If that's if that's what your if if your goal was to not do that, well, you failed. Yeah. Totally. So. Uh, I found I found I found everything to do with the self awareness, which is ratcheted it up to fucking eleven thousand. Uh, <clears throat> nauseating. Oh, yeah. I thought I thought it was so bad, and seemingly to me so out of place in a Matrix film like this, like a film that that I don't know. Like that again. This all comes back to like was she trolling us? Because these films had some weight. Like they have they have some like. They, they mean a lot to a lot of people. Yeah. And again, I'm sure they mean a lot to Lana Wachowski. And this is her saying, this is my thing. I'm taking it back, perhaps. But like, to just make it almost this like fucking self-aware slap on the back, like cheesy, cheesy. It's not even, it's not even kind of self-aware. It's just like literally, like I hate, I hated any film. And I would, I, I probably even in a movie like Space Jam, which is like almost uh, uh, like intentionally cheesy and bad, uh, where you, you're going to have a character sit and talk and be like, well, the all-powerful, our all-powerful friends at Warner Brothers asked us to make a sequel to the trilogy. And like in that moment, I'm like, oh, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> like talk yeah. about, like the, all what I always say about getting lost in a film especially a Matrix movie. Like, draw me into this world and make me forget I'm watching a movie. This movie just keeps telling you in the most overt, cringy ways. It was so, like, cringy yeah. to use the parlance of our times. All those fucking young people that worked with him at the video game store, like, the way they talked to each other, the way all those scenes went, like, well, the Matrix is supposed to be, like, it was written like an old person was writing for young people to try to, like, what what do young, how do young people talk? They're going to say OMG. Yeah. They're going to say fucking AF. Like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like someone studied, you know, read, a, read a, a pamphlet on what young people do, and then they wrote it down, and they, and they said it. Because great guys, right? That's what you guys like, right? Like, it just seems this is hip. like. This is hip. This is hip. This is cool. 
That's what it was. That's, it's, you know, it's Dr. Evil trying to be cool. Like it's, 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 yeah, I mean, it's, it's an abomination. And I don't know how, do you think Warner Brothers is that, that ignorant to what they're doing? That when they put that stuff in the film, that they that they actually think like, oh no, this is super meta, this is super meta, super deep, that we're Warner Brothers talking about ourselves being the big guys on the block, and we were gonna make this film without like, do you think that that they think that that's cool, like that they're so intelligent on top of you? Probably. Is that like studio executives have a long history of. Respectfully, I'd love to work for all of you, and I, I respect you all very much, of being like total idiots, <laughs> like when it comes to creative decisions. Like there's been very few like top level studio executives over the years that have any sort of a positive reputation amongst the actual creative people making the art. There are some, but there are not that many. And I think, so 99 times out of 100, any like random, like studio heads and studio executives are good business people. Like they, they, if they were creative, they'd be making the films, but they think they're creative because everyone thinks they're fucking creative. Everyone. That's like one of the challenges of being a professional creative person is, is everybody thinks it's all subjective. It is not. I am objectively, I have objectively better taste than you do. That's real talk. That's real. That's how it works. That's why, that's why we do what we do as filmmakers ourselves. Ooh, the whiskey's kicking in. I'm getting fired up. We're here. Pour another glass. We're here. Might as well dance. So yeah, I, I don't. I, I nothing would surprise me in terms of levels of incompetence from a creative, like you know, approval standpoint in the studio system. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing worse than someone thinking they sound intelligent but only appear more and more dumber with every word that they say. And that's why it's so hard to sit across from you and listen to you talk. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, bitch, you're welcome. I don't, I don't even know what else to say. I'm sure there's plenty of other things to talk about, I, they, but there's no details of the film that interest me enough. Uh, I'll say uh, I normally really like, and I liked him here, uh, the actor, uh, what is it, Yahya Abdul-Mateen? who played the young Morpheus or the different Morpheus or whatever. Um, I've, I've liked him in a lot of other things. I didn't understand that character in this film at all. Uh, didn't know why he was even in it at, no. at a certain point. I kept expecting Lawrence Fishburne to show up. I thought, how could they do this without do you know why? having do you, him do you know show why? up? Do you know why? Like, how could they do this? With, like, why was he not in the film? I know that they didn't call him. <laughs> they didn't even he said he never he was never consulted he was never reached out to and so when I've, I've read that for months and I thought oh he's just doing what Andrew Garfield was doing spoiler alert for Spider-Man No Way Home uh, and of course he's gonna say that but they didn't even reach out I read also that Joe Pantoliano called Lana left a message said uh, if there's any way to fit me in I'd love to reprise never heard back what this has to I mean that's that's absurd. And uh, to, to that point, also not having, I forget the actor's name who plays Agent Hugo Smith. Hugo Weaving. Yes, 
Yes. To not to not have him in the film, a huge miss. But then have like really these um, these, these like emotional showdowns between these two characters. One of them's not the same guy. Like it doesn't hold any weight, any merit when you see these guys have this big this big fight like as this moment. And then when he t and when he goes from heel to babyface and he makes that turn and he's like, I'm on your team now. It means nothing. It means absolutely. Yeah. Nothing, because these aren't the. That's not the character I fell in love with, quote quote. Even though he's the villain, you know he's not the. He's not the. He's not the same guy. Yeah. You can't just. He's one of the most memorable parts of those first films. A thousand percent. A thousand As is percent. Morpheus. I mean, if anything, Hugo Weaving and Lawrence Fishburne oh. are the two most memorable parts. <laughs> A thousand percent. Even more so than than uh, yeah. Keanu Reeves. And not to take anything away from uh, Jonathan Groff, the actor who played the new. Uh, Agent Smith, so to speak. I thought I thought he was the bright spot. I thought he he was clearly he understood the assignment and was and was hammy and fun yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and convincing. Like I liked him, but that was about it. I, I liked him, and I liked uh, I liked him after you kind of get over like him on his own. He did a, he did a good job, and I yeah, he him. was like juicy, <laughs> very handsome. Uh, and I like Neil Patrick Harris. I, do, I, I always like Neil Patrick Harris. I, I, I think he he uh, he he had fun with it too. Uh, I didn't like. Yeah, it. he still distracts me. He's he just just being you Neil just can't Patrick get away Harris. From... He's such like a person himself. Yeah. That it's hard for me to completely buy into him in like a serious role that he's supposed to be somebody else. But that's not really his fault. Yeah, his celebrity is big. Have you seen Gone Girl? Yeah, I, I felt similarly about him in that film. I thought I, he was I good. I love in the, Gone Girl. I think he's a. I think he's a good actor. I think he's a legitimately a, a really talented actor. I and do I, too. I almost think that it's unfair that he is. He, it's it's a gift and a curse because being Neil Patrick Harris is what brought him back to the spotlight. Forget White Castle. Let's go get some pussy. Huh? It's a fucking sausage fest in here, bros. Let's get us some poontang, then we'll go to White Castle. And now he can't get yeah. away from being Neil Patrick Harris. So it's like the yeah. reason we have him back, and now you can't get away from it. But I think he's really talented. I think he has some range, yeah. per personally. I think he can do a lot of things pretty well. Generally, I do too. Generally I do too. speaking. I didn't love him in this, I think, but only because, he, I don't know, he felt like he was doing such a bit, like such a self-aware bit too. That whole scene where it's like slow-mo at the end, like the climactic scene, I had no fucking idea what was happening, and it was so stupid and like <laughs> yeah. heavy-handed. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. yeah, none of that. And they, and they kept referring to bullet time. Ugh, like the fucking ugh. It was so made me queasy, man. Yeah. It was as, not good. As if that was a big moment. <laughs> that thing that defined you is now not the thing that defines yeah. you. Because I said so. What was the know. worst thing? What was the what was the worst moment? The worst moment for me might have been, I mean, there's so many bad moments, but like at the very end where they fly or whatever into his fucking building and they're like beating him up. Uh, and then like the writing, like he, what, she like slashes him across his face and his jaw like falls off or something. And then uh, Neo goes, uh, oh yeah, he definitely asked for that. And I was like, that can't, that can't. That cannot have been a real line. <laughs> like that honestly immediately was like, brrr, number one worst screenwriting of the year. That line. I don't know. Like that's what made, that that line makes me think this all could be a troll job. Because that line would have been out of date in the first Matrix. Oh yeah, he definitely asked for that. Like, 
There's no way someone wrote that with a straight face and was like, yep. Cool. The words on paper. <laughs> <laughs> you never know how those words on the paper are going to actually feel on screen. Yeah. Ugh, I don't know. You'd know that one. <laughs> oh, there was like a really good delivery, though, as the writer was. You know, <laughs> yeah. this is, he's going to nail this. Oh, yeah, it's going to be really great. It's really, really cool slang. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's not talk about this anymore. No, no, I'm really over it. I'm sorry. Like, it's just, there's, the specifics don't matter. Yeah. Because, the, because the it's bad. bad. It's just the, all bad. It doesn't. Yeah. It's just exposition after exposition after exposition and horrible action and really bad writing and really kind of bored performances and that self-awareness, enough self-awareness to make you sick, sick. Like it, it's, I don't, I, I hope it's a troll. If it's a troll, again, this is the, the achievement of the year. <laughs> like if it was intended, I, I completely well, switch my, my stance. But how would we ever know? Well, if, if, if Lana Wachowski was smart, she'd come out and be like, it was a troll. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what I would do. If a movie was so bad that people thought that you must have intentionally made it bad, I would lean all that the way into like, that. Of, and of I'd course. kill all my friends, I'd kill all my friends who knew the truth. <laughs> well, I assume I'm, I assume I'm dead in this, in, this, in this world, so. Yeah, yeah, even if I hadn't told you the truth, I'd, you'd be number one. <laughs> Someone love me. Is this good? Should we do the episode now? Can we start? <laughs>